feels like we're just sailing through the summer. Like we're just gonna sail through the summer. I don't COVID is in Ontario or Toronto. Ontario, or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're just doing very well even though things are opening up. July seventh. You wanna give Okay. Our number. So according to housemyflattening.ca, mm-hmm. um, Ontario right now has about a thousand cases a week and our R value is 0. 0.87. 0. 0.87. Okay. It's funny that num- mediumish. <coughs> yeah, it's a, like it feels better than 0. 0.87 to me. Like it like based on how It is not. It yeah. keeps going. I look at it every day. Yeah. And it's like 0. 0.8, it's 1, it's 0. 0.9, like it just keeps all over the place. Okay. Going all over. I mean, they, yeah. So t- we just realized we were talking about a number of points like today, so many things the last happening. couple of days. There's just a couple of notable things that were worth, I think is worth putting down in audio. So the first one was that yesterday, tr- uh, Ontario reported zero deaths for the first time. Mm-hmm. Since they started keeping track, I feel like since there was a f- any deaths, it sort of yeah, started ramping up, and then March twenty second or something. Yeah, and then and today, I guess there were two deaths. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Go ahead. It's been very low this past week. This very low. The ca- number of cases is hovering around. I feel like today was one hundred and thirty, one hundred forty something in that range in Ontario. Toronto made up actually Toronto for the one of the first times ever was not the top region in Ontario the top district I forget what they call them um, but it Peel like so I think Toronto had like 30 new cases Peel had something like 39 new cases right but when you look at weekly weekly totals, totals. we're still like yeah I mean well we ahead of them we've been the top per mm-hmm region every single week <laughs> every yeah. other day except maybe today yeah. so um it's not surprising but it is notable like where there things are getting to a point where it's it's mm-hmm. leveling off and so yeah. on the topic of leveling leveling off so how's my ca has a new home page mm. where they have like ontario's reopening metrics and there's a couple of very notable things here they have they have ontario and then they have every public health unit and they're trying to color code it so yet like with green yellow and red how we're doing it each metric that's important so pandemic monitoring they're looking at the rt value and the weekly new cases Uh where we're yellow and red yeah response monitoring this is the interesting part so remember ontario had talked about our testing turnaround and our tracing turnaround. Yes. We want to have testing results in 24 hours. And they said they wanted to be able to reach 90% of contacts within 24 hours or something like that. 48 hours. 48 hours. Which got panned a little bit by the experts. They said, why you should really be doing better than that. Yeah. They said that's a mediocre target. target. But here's the thing. (coughs) Here's, the thing mm-hmm. there's no data for how we're doing on that mm-hmm. no public health unit is reporting any data on that mm-hmm. and i find it really interesting that how's my flattening is they just have like these black boxes here like to very clearly show like no data. we have no data on this there should be data here yes. we should be able to track this 
but there's no data here. Yeah, it's probably because it looks bad. <laughs> it would look bad if they showed that data. Yeah, so we're probably not doing very well. Or more likely, I feel like they don't have a way to collect it. And maybe they like don't want to spend That's probably the time. not something they're normally tracking. Yeah. So. The, I did hear, you know, how the Michael Guerin does their own tracing. Yes, sorry. Can I just yes. finish? There's just yes. one more category oh yes, here, which is response capacity, which is basically ICU beds, and we're green across the province there. So that's good. Meaning lots of capacity. Lots of capacity. Yeah. The the I did hear in the news. This was now weeks ago, probably that they're saying that the Michael Guerin right there, the one hospital where uh, the they were doing their own contact tracing. They've decided. Yeah, they just decided the director there, the medical director, just has mm -hmm. been out ahead on a lot of things, and he's just saying. Like we're just gonna call people as soon as we know because we know even before a test comes back we know if this person yeah. most likely has COVID so we're calling them and letting them know or or telling them right then or mm -hmm. and and a few times now when they do that call I guess they are hearing the public health people have called already so yes. they've been beating the I don't know. Yeah. that's a good sign I guess yeah they yeah it seems like in Toronto they're public health is getting better and better yeah and did we already talk about how ontario has hired jane philpot to redo yeah. their what their database like their the ifas system basically how the reporting happens i don't know if we mentioned that yeah no I, it's that was important. a few weeks ago yeah so ever like yeah of course jane philpot is just who you want in charge of yeah. anything yeah. i think yeah. Medically speaking. The Ontario, also the the CEO of Ontario Public Health officially stepped down. No, he he stepped away for health reasons initially. But oh, now Peter Donnelly? Yeah, but now mm -hmm. he's a, a officially stepped. Yeah, he's not on Resigned leave. or he's whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, because it does sound like it was actually health related, but yeah. yeah. The other big thing that's happening is in the U.S. There's a big, so they're having a second wave pretty clearly. Uh, it's not a second wave. Or is it wave. their initial it's wave? Like it seems to be still a first wave. Right. They never got it under control in some places, and it's just... Florida, Texas, and Arizona. It's exploding. And Hawaii, I, s I just read. But in Hawaii. Apparently. So they're, so in like, for instance, in Texas, this is from 11 hours ago, they're saying hospitals across Texas prepare to hit capacity amid surge in coronavirus cases. I was looking at one of the global trackers where it shows where all the active cases are around the world. And mm -hmm. over a quarter of them, over 25% are in the U.S. now mm -hmm. across the world. And you've got places like, I don't know, like India that are having outbreaks and somehow the u.s is ahead is, mm -hmm. is beating them so I, I don't know what that i'm sure india will catch up as well because it's just i think they're a little behind they, they started later i think right that th mm -hmm. got into india later yes. so maybe that's why but yeah i feel it feels like we're just sailing through the summer like we're just gonna sail through the summer i don't covid is in ontario or toronto ontario or? yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we're just doing very well, even though things are opening up yeah. and I feel like, um, yeah, maybe summer has something to do with it. Everybody's outdoors. How could the virus possibly survive this heat? 
that we've been having. It's true. It's so hot. I mean, do people stay indoors more? Because of the air conditioning. Air conditioning. Like, I th- we certainly find ourselves uh, inside mm-hmm. more. But then you would think you're inviting people, o- like, as things yeah. open more. Well, that's why I think they opened all the pools and the splash pads yeah. and everything, even though the playgrounds are still closed. Yeah. Because people need heat relief or they're just going to congregate. Wherever there's air conditioning, you're gonna die. Yeah, and the playground. On that note, the p- playgrounds are very, it, depending on what time of day <laughs> and which parents are there with their kids. It's like very, like you'll yeah, see Karen's running all over the equipment, or sometimes no kids on the equipment because the parents are like, you know, one kid will go running up onto the equipment, and then the yeah. parents will go get them. It's a total psychological experiment, I bet. Oh yeah. Like if there's one parent there who's like not complying with the rules, Everyone's then like, like eh. the <laughs> yeah, the people that follow. Yeah, but I feel like we are. I don't know. I feel like people don't understand how much risk we are at of having everything come back. Yeah. And I saw a conversation on Facebook today that was really illuminating, mm. which is somebody was just really trying to understand why people wouldn't wear a mask if it's not for a medical reason. Right. So mm-hmm. some people have medical reasons they cannot wear masks. Right. But assuming that you're just choosing not to wear a mask mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. why would you choose not to wear a, a mask in a non-distance indoor setting like a store mm-hmm. and somebody's reply to that was like why are they mandating masks so i guess that's the other news is that yes as of today the right? province today it started right in toronto in toronto but my news was that across oh. the province health unit by health unit there's or region by region they're starting to vote to mandate masks yeah. like every day there's like another one today was like waterloo muskoka and yeah anyways so this person on facebook was saying like why if why are we mandating masks now when everything's getting better mm-hmm. like cases are going down and deaths are going down and everything's looking so rosy and great mm-hmm. so why now it's true it does yeah and so so because that doesn't make sense then the answer is then i won't wear a mask yeah but of course the answer is it just took time for (laughs) the science machines and the politics machines to get behind the mask recommendation and it's just as important now as it was in march well no, it's more important now because in March and April, nothing was open. <laughs> yeah. So there weren't indoor spaces to go into to be not social distanced. Yeah. So I think that is part of the the impetus now is that things are reopening. And yeah. so it's more important. Yeah. Yeah, I think and I think we're all, uh, you know, prepared preparing for you know part of it i think is a psychological uh you know isn't there there was a comic that was going around like someone was walking around with like a sign that had all this stuff like it's it's like wearing a mask but then they realize just wearing a mask says all those things you don't have to carry a sign around billboard around because it's like it just shows that you're taking this seriously and you you understand the risks and 
even if we all kind of agree that masks aren't that effective probably right like they're not they do something but they're not like 100% effective but it does something like it's it's part of it is that you're showing the the people around you you're showing your your you're setting a norm for what how we our approach is i think mm-hmm. you know I, like i put on a mask whenever i go into stores I don't particularly think I need it right now either. Like just cause there's so few people mm-hmm. around that have it. Like it does feel like it's uh, unnecessary, but I'll, I'm going to do it cause that's, it's, but it is, it's like, it is probably unnecessary for you, but it's necessary for somebody somewhere in the city. Yeah. We don't know yeah. where that is. Yeah. 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 yeah and yeah. we can't really risk. We'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. So you just have to act like you're the person that could give it or get it yeah, yeah. at all times. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we've been trying to do since March mm-hmm. and figuring out different and better ways mm-hmm. and more targeted ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it works. And the other big, 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 big topic of conversation is schools. Mm-hmm. Because the countdown are is on to schools reopening in September in Ontario, and the Ontario government appears to be doing a whole lot of nothing about it. Um, and there's a big movement in my very left wing circles that I travel mm-hmm. to get schools to be more of a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, as in, why are we first opening up bars mm-hmm. and restaurants and things before we know how we're going to open up schools Mm -hmm. and part of that reason is like um imagine that we have like so much like COVID-19 capital that we can spend there's only so much risk Mm -hmm. that we can take as a society and and why are we spending it on restaurants first before education and things that people are saying about education are like first of all it's like a human right for kids to Mm -hmm. be educated Mm -hmm. and what we've been doing the past few months has not been education (laughs) it's been some kind of emergency Mm -hmm. get by scenario Mm -hmm. not education so kids have a right to a good education it is underpinning our economic system because kids have parents who are in the workforce who are doing crappy jobs right now and third a lot of women are about to quit their jobs a lot of working moms if school doesn't come back properly Mm -hmm. and full-time in september Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who are getting by Mm -hmm. in an emergency scenario but they won't and they can't keep doing it Mm -hmm. and a line that i heard was if I'm going to fail at something. It's not going to be my kids. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, if the kids aren't in school, it's like setting feminism back <laughs> many decades. And so there's all these societal impacts beyond just the ki- whether or not the kids are yeah, it's learning true. addition. It's true because with Avery and like Avery's only in kindergarten, junior kindergarten. Nah, well, she would have been done junior kindergarten, starting senior kindergarten. It's like the 
you know, he plays for the most part at school probably anyways, but you know, if you were in grade seven or grade eight, like grade nine, like you'd be getting starting to get worried about what I, I feel like I would be more worried if Avery was in one of those grades or grade mm-hmm. 11 or grade 12, right? Mm-hmm. Like, ha- like w- he's going to miss stuff that's mm-hmm. critical for, mm-hmm. th- you know, that could change the course of what he chooses to do because he's, I don't know, not going to be able to do yeah. certain things. But I mean, there's other critical things when he's four, too. Like Social, he's yeah. Yeah, socialization yeah. stuff yeah, that's yeah. very important for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that we probably, it's less easy to point to and less easy to see the effects of, and mm-hmm. but is still very important. So, anyways, there's a big push out there. Lauren Dobson Hughes is a political strategist who had an op-ed in the Globe and Mail about this, um, and like just like maybe I'll write a letter tomorrow. Although our provincial person is NDP, so I feel like that's not gonna do much but like we just gotta light the fire like there's only so many weeks left it sounds I like i can't even uh, imagine what's gonna happen in september i was reading that some like ottawa i think some i think the school board in ottawa has released their plan which was gonna be like two days of so they're gonna be like two cohorts each cohort goes for two days each week yeah. and there's a middle day i guess like wednesdays they clean so you know you go two days and then three days uh, from home i used to think that that was a good plan yeah no but it got this plan got yeah a lot of criticism totally panned yeah 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 because the reason that i thought that was a good plan is because i'm a stay-at-home mom of a kindergartner yeah and so i'm going to be home Anyways. probably no matter what yeah and a kindergartner does not really need full-time school yeah. so that would work fine for our family yeah. but that is not going to work fine for most families. Yeah, again, grade seven, eight. Like if you're, yeah. if you're, cr- if there's material well, that you have to, crank and for through. parents that need to do their jobs, like if yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. going to have a mass exit of parents from the workforce, mm-hmm. probably mostly mothers, mm-hmm. it has to be full time school, mm-hmm. or at least mostly full time school. Like maybe if there's an outbreak, you have to shut down. But like, mm-hmm. barring that it has to be a consistent full-time schedule for it to have an economic impact. Or there has to be an option for kids to go full-time, but then maybe some kids don't, like some parents are uncomfortable with their kids going full-time. Yeah, I mean, sure. An option. If but that could naturally, like that could naturally, like if you made it a full-time option, I bet you would have lots of people who voluntarily don't take the full-time mm-hmm. option and go into a, half time or less option right but yeah and there's also like think outside the box options which are like um a lot of spaces that are less important less important than elementary and high schools are not going to be being used community centers and universities and like other spaces there's going to be all these empty spaces because people aren't congregating right so can we spread schools out a bit yeah have classes meet somewhere else to mitigate risk. You need more teachers. Yeah. Anyways, there's things that can be done. Science Magazine had an article that I'm only half done reading. Hmm. So I can't really tell you much about it, but sciencemag.org 
has an article about what's been happening around the world, although it starts with nobody's been collecting good data on this, so it's really hard to know, which I find astounding because it's a very big question. It's like what you need it's like what you need is buildings that are designed also like y you could think about this as like an HVAC challenge too, right? As how you move air in a way that protects a group. Like mm -hmm. if you sit, I was thinking about if you sat people like in a circle and had air blowing in a vent that blew away, you know, out from the center of the circle back mm -hmm. and you collected it, like you could design a room where yeah. you could be safe, safer yeah. than an existing ventilation system. And the teacher hovers up at the ceiling. I don't know where the, <laughs> the teacher's <laughs> right in the middle, so they don't get the kids' germs. Oh, okay. The kids get the teacher's, I don't know. Okay. That's very creative, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. But yeah, there are creative solutions, but they need people to think about them. They need money. They need, we need time. We need a yeah. lot of things. And I guess people have been arguing that this is now the most important problem that has to be solved. Yeah. And it really doesn't seem like a lot of effort in Ontario is being put into it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope people are wrong about that. Yeah. But probably not. Okay. And then to end, we got um, an email from our friend Patrick today with some links to some vlogs from doctors mm -hmm. who were working um, at the peak of the COVID crisis, one in New York, one in LA. Um that Wired, the magazine Wired put them together. And I just started watching and they're very good and very, it is kind of a time travel going back in time to when nobody knew anything about what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so check those out. And then also This American Life did an amazing episode where they recorded doctors at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit during that same time, during like April and May mm -hmm. um, for weeks on end. And so they did a whole episode about that mm -hmm. stories from there. And it's called The Reprieve. Um, yeah, there's just so much to know there are so many stories good. do you have a joke i don't do we just say good night then i guess so okay good night good night